Welcome back to Chatting Creative Arts. Uh, my name is Julia Brennan and I am Creative Arts Advisor for K-6 in our great state of New South Wales. So I'm really glad that you've all joined us today. Today's conversation is going to be truly inspiring. We're working with two early career teachers from Anzac Park Public School. We've got Ruby Kerr and Olivia Havelka. And they are both stage one teachers who are talking to us about the incredible work they've been doing in creative arts and concept-based curriculum. And we're really excited to hear about the new and innovative ways that they have been approaching their students' learning. So welcome, ladies. It's great to have you here today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, pretty excited to be sharing all that we've learned and some of the great stuff that you've helped us do with our school, Julia. So keen to oh, share. Great. Well, I am so excited for everybody to hear about the incredible work you two are doing. It's absolutely amazing. So thank you for being here. All right, let's get cracking. So first of all, let's find out a little bit about your background, your context, all of those sort of things. So tell us about you, your school, your passions in education, where it's taken you throughout the years. Off you go, ladies. Uh, so I'm in my fifth year of teaching um, and I've been teaching at Anzac Park for two years now. And then um, before that, I was at another school. And so I think I'm really inspired by innovative pedagogy. And that's great because it links really well with what Anzac Park it has as a focus um, and it's tied in really well with all of these programs and things that we've been working on. Mm. Uh, I've been at Anzac Park for four years. I was really attracted to Anzac Park's vision for learning and especially um, over the past few years in our school plan we've really focused on developing um, as a new school that vision for learning and making it clear. So we've had a big focus on STEAM education on conceptual programming. We co-teach at Anzac Park Public, so um, within our innovative learning environment. So utilising those spaces has been a big uh, focus for us in our classrooms. Uh, we've also looked at uh, developing 21st century capabilities in our students. And within our new school plan, we have a focus on synergy, which further develops and focuses on those global competencies, which has linked beautifully to our creative arts conceptual program that we've worked on with Julia, really developing those critical thinking, creative thinking um, skills. Wow, thank you so much for sharing all that incredible information with us. It sounds like a really innovative space that you're working in. And I have to say that um, at first, I was a little bit in shock arriving in your school by just how innovative and inspired everybody was with this concept-based curriculum. So I can't wait for you to unpack it a little bit more um, with us and explain to us how it's actually really worked with your arts programming. So that's going to be great. But before we get to that, just tell us why the arts means so much to you. I mean, this is a question that I ask anybody that I interview in a podcast because I think it's really important to get all of our different perspectives on why the arts is important and why it's important for our students as well as our teachers. I think it's really important. I feel like it gives students a chance to be free and to experiment and to test their ideas and it feels like quite a safe space. It doesn't feel like, yes, there's like elements or there's, can't, there's things that you teach them and skills like that, but it's not as strict as 
other KLAs. Mm -hmm. And so it really allows them that opportunity to be creative and to explore things in a safe environment. Um, it helps with like developing those global competencies as well of creativity and critical thinking and collaboration. Um, yeah, which just builds and develops them to be global citizens too. And it's that element of risk taking that you're saying, Ruby. I think it's that perfect environment where they there is no right answer and it's that that experimentation and it's all about that process. And um, I think it, it helps them to develop an understanding of the world that it transfers beyond the classroom. So it's yeah, it's a great thing that we're um, you know, looking at and how we can do that conceptually in our programs. Okay, excellent. Thank you. That is an absolutely lovely answer. And I love hearing it from you two especially because I don't think either of you would have said before we started working together that you were specialists in the arts or it was your number one passion or anything like that. And now hearing the way you're talking, it just sounds like it's really grown in you that you, you've got that same love that I know I have and I know lots of people out there do too. So thank so you for sharing that with us. Yeah. And I think that we've also, through this process, almost inspired our teams as well. And, and it's in and through this process, it's actually informed, you know, our term four programs as well. And I think that from from my perspective, from our year one team, I know that they've built their capacity in, in planning conceptually in the creative arts as well. Yeah. You see the benefits. Wow. That is amazing. Who could ask for a better answer than that? Thank you. <laughs> so, okay, you've you've sort of alluded to this and there's probably a lot of people out there going, okay, what does this whole conceptual thing mean? And tell me, tell me more. So your school runs a model of programming around core concepts, key concepts, big ideas. They're called different things everywhere. Tell us a little bit about that. So yes, so Anzac Park Public School um, conceptual programming is one of our key drivers for learning. So each term is framed around a big question. So this underpins all our con concepts within each key learning area. Uh, this helps us to develop that deeper level of understanding that transfers across the concepts that we should be seeing from our students at, at different levels uh, throughout the school. Uh, so cre uh, planning and programming conceptual programs allows students to develop a richer and more transferable knowledge because we're not focusing on those content outcomes, um, but we're looking at those skills and that, that generalised understanding that goes beyond the classroom and transfers beyond different key learning areas. Okay, so every term you've got a big question to structure your, your learning around, What's the big question this term, for example? So this term we're looking at how do parts work within a whole? So that's our big question. And then we have the different concepts. So in creative arts and English, we'd be looking at narrative. In science and technology, we're looking at sci uh, systems, sorry. And in PDH, we're looking at inclusion. So we're looking at how these different elements work together to create a whole or how parts of a story or different elements of a story work together to tell a whole narrative or how different art forms can express that narrative. Um, so they all come together with that big question. And this allows us to create a more um, yeah, conceptual and, and generalised program that links both key learning areas together, helping them to develop that understanding of narrative at a deeper level. Love it. Love it. So we did some work together on the concepts of representation and context. 
What was the big question when we did our work? Remind me. We were looking at how do we know, um, exploring how our context and different representations affects what we know or lead, like guides us as to how to represent things. Um, so that's what we were exploring when we did our Term 3 program. Okay, that all makes sense. So what are some of the key concepts that you will be um, delving into for your big question this term? I know you told us, but just can you just unpack that a tiny little bit? So I went through the Kappa and English um, concept of narrative. So we're looking at different ways stories are told, the parts of a story and how they contribute to the overall meaning of a story. And we're looking at different um in creative arts with different representations of stories and how we can use the arts to um, tell stories. Mm. In science and technology, we're looking at systems, so how um, we're looking at how like the natural resources work together um, and how that contributes mm. to like our environment and things like that. And how that system links to sustainability, mm. so it's all about how the world systems connect um, and how and our place in those systems. And then PDH, yeah, sorry, you go. Sorry, uh, no, keep going, keep going. PDH, we're looking at inclusion. Um, so that idea of making sure that we are inclusive and that we do fit into that hole and that we're, or allowing for opportunities for people to fit in and be included. Wow, okay, thank you for explaining that. There's so much to that, but I love the way it all connects together. I mean, in, in itself, you're talking about parts and holes. Well, hello, we've just got parts and holes of learning, haven't we, with what you're descri describing. That's just amazing. Um, so, okay, you've told us about what these concepts are. You've told us about your big question, but there's probably people out there still going, I don't completely get what concept-based curriculum is. Can you explain from your perspective what concept-based curriculum is? So concept-based curriculum, it moves away from the subject or that content-specific program that looks at one insular area or content area and it instead emphasises big questions or big ideas that span across those different subject areas. So, in, so for example, say we were looking at our, our concept of uh, systems in science and technology, we have that generalised understanding of systems and how they connect to each other and our place within them. And we have con um, syllabus outcomes that link to that within that program. So if we, if we think about a, a conceptual programming as using the analogy of a house, our foundations are their nose, the student knows what they what they are going to come out of that program knowing. So there's those content syllabus outcomes. Our walls are our skills. So they're the things that keep them upright. They're then understanding, you know, how to do those certain things. And then the roof is that concept. It overarches all of our skills and our content and knowledge um, and it, it creates that that base for for the, for the program yeah okay so tell me that again because I'm actually going to draw a house and some of our <laughs> listeners might want to be doing that too so let's start all over again foundations so, yeah we have our foundations and our foundations are our nose they're our our content outcomes they're our they're our pieces of information and knowledge that our, stu our students need to know Okay, so the foundation, yeah. like the slab under your house, is the nose, the content, the things that we need to know as a result of the work we're doing. Yes, and then okay. our walls and our foundations are, are our skills. 
So what do our students need to be able to do? And this, all of this um, helps us to structure our planning of our programs, our knows, our do's and our understands. And our understands would be that, that generalisation about the concept. Okay, so your roof yep. is your understand. That's your concept. Yeah. And so, that also is your big question? It's not. So we'll have a, there's usually a generalisation for each concept that we're exploring. And so we'll develop um, an overall understanding we want the students to have at the end of a program. And so we start by looking at that understand and then looking to see what do they need to do and what do they need to know to get to that deep level of understanding. So for our program that we did in term three, our understand was that con the context of artists and audiences influence the representation and interpretation of subject matter. So that was the overall roof or understanding we were trying to get them to. Okay, say that again for us. Nice so and that, <laughs> The understand <laughs> that we tried to get them to in term three was that the context of artists and under audiences influence the representation and interpretation of subject matter. Mm-hmm, okay. So basically, representation and content and context will be influenced by an artist and an audience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. All right, keep going. Sorry to interrupt you there. No, you're all right. Um, so then we've got that understanding. You need to break down what do they need to know or what do they need to do to be able to get to that understanding so if you're thinking about your no um we were looking at we had quite a few but one of them might be that subject matter is represented differently through particular techniques and this may affect audience opinions so that's something that they need to know um, and we're able to show them a range of different artworks and how They've represented the same subject matter in a variety of ways. And we have those discussions where we look at them and um, say what we think and what we connect with and why we connect with it to start to understand um, how audience interpretation can be different depending on the individual. Um, and then, so that would be a no. A do would be that we're letting them re represent their experience experiences, ideas, interests, and feelings. So they've not, they know it, they've looked at other people's examples, then they have a go at doing it themselves. So that's the, the walls there, um, starting to represent and experiment with those different art forms that we were looking at in the program. And that builds their understanding. So you've talked us through the know, the do, and the understand. So they're those really important aspects, aren't they, for us when we're doing conceptual programming. Thank if you. I develop as teachers also our understanding of where the program is going and mm -hmm. it also helps us in the planning and, and understanding of the learning intentions and success criteria of each lesson to have our no do's and understands clearly mapped out before the, the program starts. Okay, now you just brought up a really valid point there and it's not one of the questions I was going to ask you but I think it's quite important that people know that this doesn't just happen instantly we together did quite a lot of planning and you guys certainly did a whole lot more after I abandoned you. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of planning that goes into this. It doesn't just happen. 
Absolutely. And, and it's, it's an opportunity for, as colleagues, for us to discuss the concept in more detail and see how do those syllabus outcomes relate to the content, relate to that big question, and how can we create a program that is conceptual but also engaging and you know, age-appropriate. Yes, beautiful. And the age-appropriate is fantastic as well. Um, so, you know, you've sort of started talking a little bit about this project that we worked on and we started doing the work for this with Will Kenya Central School and that was super exciting because we had two very diverse contexts to be referring to and we were able to really tailor the work to those different contexts, which was beautiful. Um, so we focused on two, two concepts that we took from the English textual concepts around representation and context. And we combine them to fit in with your school scope and sequence, and also because they are organically connected to your context as well as Will Kenya's. And we really focused on ways in which the students learnt from the ways of artists. So an artist isn't just a visual artist, it means a musician, a painter, a dancer, a choreographer, actor, any type of performer, as well as a visual artist. Um, and how an artist represents their context as well as the students' own representations of their contexts. So we really reinforce that representation can take on a wide variety of forms and also that a context can be a place, a space, an event, a situation, your community, society and so on. Um, can you tell us about some of the key things that we wanted our students to know, do and understand about the arts in general as a result of this project? I think I've gone through like the specifics of the understand and the know and the do that mm. we had in the program. I guess overall we just wanted to get students to understand that there are multiple ways to represent subject matter. Um, mm that they should know that they can, that some subject matter, some ways they might prefer to represent subject matter than others, mm -hmm. to be able to think about why they make those decisions and to be able to express them, um, to know that artists do approach things in different ways and that it's okay to experiment and to show their context or their place in a way that mm -hmm. they believe is effective or that they believe is appropriate or that engaging for an audience. And taking on, yeah, their role as the artist and what that means and what that looks like. Like you said, Julia, the artist is not just the visual artist, but they, I think from the program, they really develop their understanding of their role as an artist and not just being in visual arts, but as a dancer, as a musician in different ways. Yeah. I feel like and also yeah. role in the as being an audience for their own work and others work too. I think a big strength of the program was the quality pieces of of art that we we shared with our students and had them to appreciate. I think compared to programs I've done in the past, the the quality of resources that we had was was incredible and they were able to really see art that that I don't think they would have seen in any other situation. So being able to expose them to this quality art and unpack it with them was was highly valuable. So when you say art, you're not just talking about pictures on a wall in a gallery. You're talking about, you know, we were, we were looking at musical works and we were looking at dances and um, what else did we do? Oh, we, we did some <laughs> drama as well. You know, there was a big mixture of different art forms and we really tried to show that in each art form we represent 
things and subject matter and events and places and spaces and all of those things that you were describing earlier. Absolutely. And it was nice to even have, like you said, in, in some lessons that we would be touching on, you know, a musical piece, but bringing in visual arts and combining those those art modes within one lesson so they're able to create that, uh, you know, develop those skills, but also have that understanding that our concept of context and representation moves beyond just visual arts, but connects all of the art modes together. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Um, so... You know, we obviously believe in this program, but in terms of your assessment and evaluation and all of those kind of things, how successful was this project? Have you got some moments that emerged from this teaching and learning journey that you might like to share with us? Yeah, I think we should note that we did this project during the home learning period. So it, the, mm -hmm. this um, program we put together was in term three, but yeah. I think we did not I think, we did do an uh, assessment at the start and at the end of the program and it was asking students to represent a body of water, so like a river, a pool, a beach, um, in a way of their choice. And those initial pre-assessments showed that students were very literal in how they represented and I think almost all of my class chose visual arts and just drew a picture of like a beach they know or a pond yeah. or something in their area. But we did the same assessment at the end of the program and students demonstrated that they could, they were either trying to represent it in multiple ways or I noticed there was a greater spread on how students were representing things. More students were turning to dance and music um, and they were also moving away from always being so, um, showing it in such a real sense but try, experimenting with abstract form. Ah. Um, I think also onto that though, Yes, the program was done while learning from home, but I think that the, the concept of context and representation, I don't think there could have been a better one to do at home because yeah, it provided the students with that opportunity to share their context in different ways and with their you know parents and family support to being able to share their context and have those uh, rich and personalised discussions with their parents about, about their learning. It was, it was the perfect program to do at home and it allowed them you know, freedom to sort of use their space, especially considering we focused on places and spaces as our key key area of focus. Um, being in their own home space was a great, great place for it to be. Yeah. So you've touched on something there that I think a lot of critics of concept-based curricula have mentioned about assessment. So how did you assess the student learning through this concept-based unit? I mean, we've heard just there about how we had a, a standard um, thing at the beginning and a standard assessment at the end. W were you doing some formative assessment along the journey as well that informed the way you progressed? Yeah, so we had, um, we had kind of check-in points throughout the program where we were looking at how students were going at representing their place, um, their chosen outdoor space or place in a variety of art forms. So we'd created a rubric that we were using and going through and seeing how they were going throughout the program um, and how they were progressing. Okay. And we were also looking at um, critical and creative thinking along the way too. So how did that sort of play into it? 
we threaded it through our, our check-ins throughout the term. So we were looking at, um, yes, critical and creative thinking and, and linking that within our learning experience as well, as well. So there were explicit opportunities and success criteria where we would address those. Um, and it did come into our into our responding tasks for lessons throughout the term. Yeah, I think the creativity ended up being more of a focus um, mm -hmm. with the home learning um, domain that we were in. And it, like we were across year two, at least we were really celebrating students that were thinking outside the box, which was what we were trying to um, yeah. build students' capacity to do. Mm -hmm. So having opportunities to share works from across the grade and see how they're all different, but they're all amazing because they've all represented their place. And um, that, that was also uh, interesting about our, our partnership with Wilcannia Central School. We were able to develop a seesaw account where we would share uh, different artworks, musical pieces or dances from the two different school contexts that so we're able to look at and, and reflect on, the, on those different pieces of work which was a nice opportunity to share. So exciting. And I love too that you're just having those regular check-ins and you're looking out for some specific things around creative thinking as well as all of your arts things that you were trying to achieve and also the understanding of what that concept is. There's so many layers of assessment that you built into it, which is just amazing and um, so exciting for our students and for their learning. Um, all right, so you two would probably describe yourselves as being proficient, but perhaps not experts in creative arts. I'm, I'm making a pretty big assumption yep. here. <laughs> right. So based upon the learning journey that you have been through or we have been through together um, since, I can't even remember when we started. I know it was cold. That's about all I remember. <laughs> It was probably um, about a term ago or probably two terms ago now. Um, is it possible for a teacher who has limited experience to teach creative arts and how? Absolutely. It absolutely is. I think that with an understanding of, uh, you know, that, that conceptual programming and then that quality creative arts pedagogy with a mixture of quality resources, it's absolutely possible for a teacher with limited experience to teach um, a quality conceptual Kappa unit. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, it allows students to explore and experiment. Allowing students to explore and experiment is an integral part of any quality creative arts unit and giving them the opportunity to, like Ruby said earlier, to explore without in a safe environment is the number is the I guess the foundation for any um, quality program in that respect. I think it like pushes you to stop thinking about I want my kids to do this artwork and just replicate an artwork. I found doing <laughs> like having a concept, you're looking for examples of how that concept is shown in different art forms, and you're you are encouraging that creativity to a higher extent than I've ever done before. Mm. I noticed um, in my classroom at the start of the year, everyone had the same artwork. Like in in visual arts, everyone had drawn the exact same thing. The colors might be slightly different, but it was so structured. And I was like, "Yep, I've done color. I've done line. Like I've done um, all of these great um, elements or qualities in art." But now, like, they're having that opportunity to choose what media they want to use and just, like, in we're doing narrative at the moment and we listen to a story and then they just had to go at representing it and there was no, like, parameters placed on them. Um, and they were amazing what they came up with. So mm. I think it's 
honestly easier to teach it conceptually <laughs> than to teach it how I was doing it before because I was so worried about things not looking right. Now it's like it's so much fun just letting them experiment and have a go. Yeah, it's it's about the it's about the process, isn't it? Yeah. I think when you create a unit that's about that process and about that building of understanding and not about that perfect product that yeah. looks the same yeah. to put on your wall or to share, it that's when it becomes something yeah. magical. <laughs> Magical. That's amazing. I've just been writing down a, some some of your key words. So you talked about um, elements or concepts um, like line and colour and shape and form and those sort of things, what we would call micro concepts, and they're kind of pretty much your lower level things that are important. We do need to know those things in our art, but they shouldn't be the drivers for what we do, and you've just pointed that out so beautifully ruby that was that was fantastic i love the word magical i'm going to adopt that one um the quality of the resources now olivia you said something about having quality resources that doesn't mean that you your school has to go and invest in a ten thousand dollar xylophone you're talking about just being able to have things that are accessible that are actually really promoting that sort of deep thinking is that what you meant Absolutely. I think having that base of things for them to, you know, experiment with within the classroom, but also quality pieces of, you know, visual arts, music, dance, drama to appreciate. I think you've really opened up my eyes, Julia, to where I can be looking for those pieces and, you know, thinking about, I know, I remember that you found one Mondrian artwork that I'm mm -hmm. familiar with but I wouldn't have necessarily thought to bring it into my creative arts program so just thinking about the different types and where we can find them I know we had a conversation about um, I think it was one of our art galleries in New South Wales and you had seen an exhibit and bringing something new and current into into the classroom was really exciting and a great way to engage our students in in the current world of art Oh, that's really exciting to know. And like you're saying, oh, you know, I learned all this stuff from you. I have learned a lot from you ladies too. And it's been a real shift in thinking and it's absolutely fantastic. Two other words that you said were explore and experiment. I love those. It doesn't get any better in the arts, does it? <laughs> um, the safe environment thing, absolutely so important. And I love that you focused on the importance of process and not on having that perfect product. So the students are still learning so much through going through this whole process and not just relying on, okay, every lesson we've got to come up with a product. Yeah. It doesn't have to work that way. Absolutely. So thank you. Thank you for opening up our eyes to that. All right, look, just to finish off today, could you offer our primary school teachers, our K-6 teachers out there, any advice on how to go about approaching their creative arts in their classroom? Maybe just one little snippet from each of you. Oh, that's a good question, Julia. Um, Anyone listening to this can't see the pressure in their eyes right now. I think for me it would be starting with that conceptual understanding and what do you want your students to come out of this program understanding about the world around them then moving in and choosing some of those art forms and not just having one or two but even three or four combined help them develop that understanding and as a teacher like I said before focusing on that process 
it doesn't need to come out with a perfect product, but allowing your students to experiment would be my number one hot tip. <laughs> Love it, Olivia. What about you, Ruby? Mine's pretty similar. Um, I think really focusing on experimenting, allowing students to have fun and not being so worried as what the end product does look like. Um, allowing that time, yeah, for them to test out their ideas and see what works and what doesn't. And if you don't have an artwork on your wall at the end of the lesson, like, or if there aren't artworks on your all your walls at the end <laughs> of the term, who cares? Because I'm sure the students have had a great time um, working on building that conceptual understanding and they've learned something and it's probably improved their creativity overall. So don't worry about getting things done all the time just it's probably developed more test. of their global competencies yeah. and success you know test to become global citizens yeah, yeah. Oh, look you two are an absolute inspiration for everybody so i <laughs> they're looking at each other going no we're not well they actually <laughs> are so <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today and for really um, sharing such a unique perspective and your incredible context that you're working in and also about your learning journey. Thank you for being so vulnerable through this entire um, process. It's just been amazing to learn together. I've really appreciated your um, knowledge and willingness to take on new ideas. It's been absolutely brilliant. So thank you, girls. Thank Ladies, you, I should call you, yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, thank you, Julia. You provided us with an invaluable experience and we're so grateful. And I know yeah. that our teams are too. Yeah. And <laughs> students. Well, that's super exciting. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us today for Chatting Creative Arts and make sure you subscribe and keep listening to more exciting information about the creative arts. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thanks, everybody. See you later.